Righto, Paul. What do you think about banks? David, I remember the good old days where you actually spoke to a banker that could do something, that knew who you were, that knew about your business and that could actually do a deal for you and who understood how to get it done, but I have not seen that for quite a while. The glory years are what you long for, is it, mate, whether you'd put on your shirt and a tie and trot into town or meet your local banker who knew you and your family's names because they're part of your community. It's become pretty pretty faceless. Well, Judo Bank's trying to change that, mate, and we know the guys at Judo. They've been on our show quite a bit. It's an SME challenger bank, Paul. It's not a fintech. It's purposely built to make it easier for Australian businesses and accountants to get the funding they need and the service they deserve. And guess what, Paul? What, buddy? They are lending right now. Right now. They're doing deals. So you can take the pressure off with a right finance solution from Judo Bank, Paul. Call 13Judo or visit judo.bank for more information. That's 13Judo or judo.bank. From the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Join with me, my mate, Paul Meisner from Exploited Mentoring, brought to you by BGL. Today's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. And Paul... It was a frightening week in accounting. Interesting week, David. Uh, hello, listeners. Hello, all. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, we got after three and a half years, David. We have uh, been very uh, forthright on this show in, in the good and the bad. Something happened for the first time in three and a half, nearly four years. We got a threatening letter. Uh, and for once, well, not for once, but and uh, the odds makers take a beating because it wasn't something I said. W- what did you say that got someone upset, David? I received on. I got a call from from you, Paul. Dave, you check LinkedIn. No, mate, check LinkedIn. I don't. Know. I don't have time, mate. What's going on? Just check LinkedIn. I check LinkedIn, and I've got defamation and legal action retraction. Well, I didn't say retraction. Defamation legal. The Tax Institute took umbrage. Uh, with my comments about them not acting for small business and Robin Jackson, Jacobson, the you always business. get Jacobson. That. You always get that wrong. And and for the record, we put this in the best on ground section. Well, it's best on ground. And Robin, she's done a fantastic contribution, especially throughout JobKeeper. But anyway, the Tax Institute threatened defamation, and we had to publish a uh, what's editorial it called? Something the journalist edit, editorial correction. Um, so you can check that out on the link that we've posted. So this is would be a worst on ground, but we just wanted to cover it at the start of the show, Paul. Uh, quite amazingly, uh, LinkedIn was the method that uh, they decided to service. Couldn't just pick up the phone, Paul. Very, probably, very uh, interesting for me, David, is that, that we, um, you, sorry, I should say this, these were your comments, uh, again, surprisingly. Um, couldn't believe Thought it. it would have been me. I've been waiting for this for you for ages. Exactly. No, look, I, I think... Um, you had mentioned that they were perhaps out of touch and didn't actually. I think you said something about uh, not caring about anyone who listens to the show. Uh, somewhat the reaction being an almost anonymous um, legal letter sent via a third party PR agency 
not from the people involved who I actually who I know. I've worked with with Robin for many years. It just seemed a bit cheap to me, a bit uh, a bit hiding behind a letter, and and I think a bit out of touch with how small with how small firms uh, and how members small members want to be treated. Uh, look, you were certainly sharing your opinion, David, rather than. Rather than fact, there were some Tax Institute members on the call and they have publicly said on, on Twitter and on LinkedIn this week that our comments did reflect their experience from their own member body. We're not making that up. That is fact that they have said that. So I wonder whether... I wonder whether I wonder whether these professional bodies. I'm also surprised it came from the Tax Institute, given some of the stuff we've said about everyone else. But it, it does. I can't it does it, strike me as this is the level they go to, rather than engaging and saying, "What? Why are we viewed that way?" And here's let's set the record straight. Nah, it was just straight to a pre-legal letter, which I, again I just thought was was cheap and disappointing. But that's the way they chose to do it. Well, some good has come out of this, Paul. Um, you know, and, and they had, Lee Duffield said on that episode, I'm a member of the tax. Did you say it on the episode or beforehand? Not sure. I've got to be really careful now, Paul. In my opinion, at some point, Lee has said that she is a member. And she said uh, she, on Twitter, as a member of the Tax Institute, I feel I'm entitled to my opinion. As a paying member in small business, I do not feel overly supported. Yep. Well, the Tax Institute has set the record straight. You can read what they've said in response to the comments. We've published it on From the Trenches. The good news that's come from this, Paul, is that we may have opened up a dialogue with the Tax Institute. I've invited the president and CEO to come on trenches and uh, let them tell us and, and stake their claim as to all the things they do to support small business in Australia. Paul. Well, hopefully they're a little bit more warm and welcoming uh, if if given that chance. But we will we will but have to see. This is what trenches does. We 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 see you know we. Fancy telling a, a show called From the Trenches that they're out of touch with what's happening on the ground. Fascinating. A little bit interesting. The, what do you got? This is, this is what we do. Well, I just want to say, this is what we do. We, can't, we see things, we saw it as we see it, and 99.9 times um, people call us up and have a chat and something good happens from it. Miles. We did, remember we did a show, it was like eight things wrong with zero. Yeah, we've and done a we've, we've done a lot. Up. We've done a lot, and we are that's generally well engaged. This is the first time, first time in over three and a half years. So anyway, let's not focus on it. Hopefully, good comes from it. David, let's get on to the rest of the show. Uh, what is your best on ground? Best on ground. If you haven't watched it yet, drop everything and watch the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. You are going to learn about one of the the greatest professionals of all time. Um, and I think it's fantastic. Microsoft Excel has tweeted, what formula function is the Scotty Pippen of the Excel dynasty? They're talking about the most underrated or slept on function. Scotty Pippen, of course, being Michael Jordan's number two for a long time and led the Bulls when Jordan retired to go play baseball and get his head, I guess, back refocused. And the tweets are just hilarious because people are taking this like really, really seriously. And it's kind of a fun way... Uh, to to learn new Excel tips. Well, good one on here. Dated if. Stop trying to pretend it doesn't exist. It's fantastic. Um, There's a couple that just, I've learned. There's a couple that I want to go and open a spreadsheet and, uh, and test. This is, a, this is a great look. Look, we've always been a fan of this sort of 
um, marketing uh, opportunistic, I suppose, marketing where something's happening in the zeitgeist. I just love getting that phrase in. Uh, the mm. uh, I, I do love it. It's current and it gets people talking. And who doesn't love Excel? Excel, like compliance, not dead. I love Excel. Excel's awesome. Uh, good stuff. Very good job out of the Excel Twitter. What about you, Twitter. Paul? Best. Um, struggled oh a bit this week for best. Uh, it did seem to be a lot more on the other side of the ledger. But I'm turning, look, I'm turning one of my worst into a uh, into a best only because, and this is interesting now, it's asking for me to, for me to log in. But um, this is an article about our profession has changed forever. Does have a little bit of a, this is out of uh, US, I think, uh, does have a bit of a worst element as well as a best element. The best element is interesting for the way it talks about effectively um, what things that have stalled and saying that while the author says that every firm must move to advisory and away from compliance. There's a wonderful paragraph in there, David, that basically says, although we've understood that in the last few months during all of this, uh, advisory has totally stalled and no one's paying for it. So I thought that was very truthful while sort of saying it's absolutely the future and it's it's what we should all be doing apart from the fact that they also go on to admit that it has disappeared entirely in the last two months. Very, uh, look, I, I find it hard to say it's disappeared entirely when you had to do cash flow forecasts to qualify for some of these grants that have happened. You had to so, do predictions of revenue. It's not a cash, it wasn't a cash flow forecast. I, you, you are hell-bent on proving that this stuff's never going to actually make its way mainstream in accounting practice land. There are absolutely firms looking at it, definitely, more and more and more. But you've got to wonder, are your clients actually asking for this or do you think you need to do it because there is so much marketing about it? If you have clients that want it and you've worked out a way to communicate the value and get them to pay for it, lean in, go nuts, build your practice about it, around it. No. But don't get distracted by it because you think you need to do it and then get frustrated when nobody takes you up on the offer. Look, certainly, certainly. I think the other side of the coin to this article, I, I agree, and and this wasn't my views. I was just merely, merely highlighting that the author had talked about the fact that advisory had so heavily, and certainly being able to monetize it, had so heavily stalled. Um, the other thing was they talk about the fact that, oh, COVID has changed forever, that we should become the virtual practice. For, ten and, for over 10 years, there's been articles written, uh, some in the early days by me, David, about how to run a virtual practice. Uh, so some of these people are just waking up now as if, uh, as if it hadn't been happening already for 10 years. Well, well, the positive is, is this the late majority? Does this trigger the late majority to catch on to the way we've been working for a long time? Uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I think, think certainly if it moves, if it moves a few more, then that might be uh, might be a good thing. But we'll see. What do you got uh, for my best? What else have you got? Yeah, keep rolling. Oh, chartered accountants. I mean, they're doing their best, but uh, they had a bit of a hiccup with the exams. They moved eight, so potentially because of lockdown, up to eight and a half thousand students were going to miss out. And I put them on best on ground. They worked around the clock, their team, to try to get exams done online. They had AI assessing all this stuff, and it sounded fantastic. Like for, for CA exams to not go ahead, I just can't imagine being that student and having to get up and go again. 
I'd need to watch The Last Dance to find the motivation to do it. Now, this was it but was an outsource provider. It was an outsource provider, let them down. And uh, one in 10 candidates had an issue and couldn't uh, complete or couldn't log back into the exam. Can you imagine the stress of, of not being able to get your CA? And I reckon the CA's response has been upfront, honest, accountable. We're sorry. We apologise. You had a terrible experience. Um, this isn't what we were trying to do. This is Simon Hand said this. Uh, he sent it out to all candidates. This article's in Accountants Daily, so they're promoting the apology. I don't know what else they could have done. You know, these are ridiculously extraordinary circumstances. They had to move this online. They've been talking about it for years, but they had to do it. They had to do it quickly. And I think we should focus on on the efforts that they did to try to save the careers of accountants and the practices that employ them. As tough and as crap as this was for those students, you can't ask much more than the leader of the organisation owning it and saying, I'm sorry. So, so well done. Sarah. And I, I mean, I don't know what happened. It, look, it is always hard when, when it is a third-party provider and you, you sort of do you, do, you engage somebody who is supposedly uh, best in the business at it. We've all been on webinars. Uh, apparently, they, they were halfway through their exam or partway through their exam. It dropped out. Imagine, I just cannot even imagine the stress of sitting there trying to hit reconnect uh, after building yourself up to a to a three hour exam. It would have been uh, it would have been a nightmare. So at least they have come out and dealt with that. Good to see. A little bit funny when uh, technology is great until it fails. You got more best, mate. Keep rolling. Uh, I do, but uh, we're the news this week, Paul. We did that FTT live event. Thank you so much, everyone who joined. 180 people uh, logged on. 130, I don't know, something like that. Um, In my opinion, a number of people logged on, I think is the safe way to represent these things now, Paul. Uh, And we weren't sure how it was going to go. And we weren't sure if we were going to do it again. And we only gave you like two days notice for it. But you loved it. I sent out a, or BGL sent out a feedback server. We got a a net promoter score of 58. Now that sounds low, doesn't it, Paul? It sounds very low. When you were crowing about it, I kind of thought, I'm not sure I'd get excited. But then, well, I'd done this beforehand when I did it. I jumped on HubSpot to have a look at like net promoter score, like benchmarks. The highest industry benchmark is a 52. We're off the charts, Paul. Off the hey. charts, satisfaction. We did get good feedback for it, so that was uh, that was good. It was it was a wonderful. Uh, apart from it creating a legal letter, which we talked about at the at the top of the show. Apart from that, mate. Uh, apart from that. Maybe they were one of the detractors. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Well, give you idea. Fifty eight. So the top MPSs in the world: JetBlue seventy one, USAA's Auto Insurance in America. So they all. These are, these are American, obviously. The Ritz-Carlton, 68. Zappos is 58. And Amex is 55. So we're equal fourth. There you go. On, I've, uh, I've extrapolated on, on the meaning one, of the data there a little bit. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a wonderful live event. Uh, and we got, I enjoyed we did it. I loved great... it. Should we do it again? I think we should at some stage. Let's, you know, let's find a way. And I'm sure we can, we can find a way to do it. Uh, let's, uh, that's enough of the bests. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice talking about the best, but let's get to uh, my favourite. Worse. Worse. On ground. ground. You let off, <laughs> your own, you're adding your own echo. There you go. Yeah. Uh, good, we, you started with yours. Obviously, uh, Tax Institute getting a little bit heavy handy, 
handed with us uh, is the main worst on ground. I've got one out of Myob. Uh, have chosen the middle of a global pandemic to uh, to cut 130 jobs. Their chief executive, Greg Ellis, was in uh, all of the major major AU papers. Um, warning, after having to cut jobs, which, which sounds like a fairly big restructure, uh, some interesting, it'll be interesting to see if there's any information comes out about what sort of roles uh, that were actually made uh, made redundant. Uh, they, he was warning that he's operating in an artificial economy, uh, economy propped up by JobKeeper and JobSeeker programs. To me, just a little bit of uh, trying to use this storm to get in the paper, but also drop some bad news. Made a point of saying that uh, it had nothing to do with the global pandemic, which I think then, then why do it in the middle of a global pandemic? It just sort of doesn't doesn't sit right, I don't think. Um, uh, and it's just really, really interesting that they're trying to, they're dropping 130 heads, but by trying to achieve our stated objective of improving the speed and quality with which we deliver software, I might be just a simple compliance accountant david <laughs> but cutting <laughs> cutting 130 staff to improve speed and quality of product dev seems like it's not the way to do it interesting well, to we, we what type of fat they had we don't know in your opinion paul because you don't know that they're developing thank products. you david thank you <laughs> the um the thing is i i, I buy it I, I, like, I reckon this would have been planned. You know, it's a company that, that has struggled to get development done and to actually get things finished and out into the market. Really good at getting people excited about the products. Uh, but just got bought by private equity, new CEO, newish leaders across the group. Is a restructure of job losses a bad thing? Oh, like, see, oh sorry, it's always a bad thing for the people whose jobs. But it's, isn't this kind of like the equity playbook? Like, isn't this what they do? So I, I'm sort of like, I guess I'm buying that the timing, they were planning this before COVID hit, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of things sucks. were planned, David. Do you, can't, you, you can't change. No, but arguably, if this was going to happen anyway, arguably maybe some of these these staffers are better off now because government benefits are better now than not in COVID. I'm, trying to, I'm being very glass half full here from a sucky situation. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting take on it. hadn't uh, hadn't thought of that. I was more going down the path of I wonder whether this created an opportunity with some changes in the fair work laws. You'd hope not. Yeah, that's the. You'd hope not. You'd hope not. But I think it's it's PE playbook. You know, and you think about these companies like these. There must be so, there's so much fat in corporates. There really is. There's tons. Um, so interesting you know, that they they were so specific about saying. Uh, that it's it was not product that it out, was yeah. not, but no, that it was not a result of the coronavirus pandemic. So maybe it is just a case of bad timing. Interesting, interesting though. But 130 heads. That's that's, that's that seems to me that's a lot in one go. So I don't know whether they've. It will be really interesting to see whether that's dropping a product or dropping a layer 
maybe a, a layer, call it middle management, uh, call it whatever. Of course, we are just speculating, but it is interesting that a lot of that software either does go in a vertical of product or a level. Um, those are sort of the easiest, the easier uh, ways to cut, but we'll in see. Hopefully, in my opinion, we will see when the uh, we will hear from my old people whether or not the speed and what was it quality or the the speed and delivery of product improves. Hopefully, it does. What else you got, mate? The death of the office. Yeah, look. In my opinion, a funny headline from the Financial Review. Usually, bang on with their wit and accuracy. Headline, the death of the office. I mean, who's not going to click on that right now? Everybody's wondering what the workplace is going to look like moving forward. Uh, headline, death of the office. Uh, I think the fifth or sixth paragraph, it's got like a whole history lesson in this, a bit further down. It's too early to tell. Well, does this help? Does this help us? Do you What's miss the, the office, David? Would you? Are you, are you going to um, go back any differently? It's different. I don't miss... I mean, I've, I've, I work from home anyway, so there's not a big change. I miss, I'm working in a team now which, with GPS, and when we have a win, I miss the that, you know, the team rises together when you have a win yeah. and rallies But your team's now in a different, but your team's in a different state anyway, so it didn't, it they didn't are, matter but, whether but, you... No, but I, I mean, because the family's in Brisbane, I'm there a lot, so True. It, I would have been there plenty of times by now. Um Probably two or three trips by now, usually. So, yeah, I, do, I miss that bit. Yeah, I do. I do. And also being new to the company, I don't have sort of deep relationships with our team yet. So we're trying to make them over Microsoft Teams and some one-on-one meetings and that sort of stuff and just phone calls about dogs and kids and haircuts and arts and crafts. And you got to, you know, and, and this is, Tim said something really interesting. He's He's just hired an accountant. He goes like, it's going to be really interesting. How are we going to? What are we going to do to welcome the accountant when no, nobody's actually going to be able to get to know the person? That's that's a really, yeah, you know, I think teams and cultures will rise and fall on how they respond to things like that because you need to make a bigger effort to include somebody new. Uh, absolutely, I'm in a, a very Sorry, small a team, so uh, all right, I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a small team for me. So I think it's interesting. I, I certainly miss dealing with other people. Um, getting the kids back to school will be the main thing so that sort of there's not a constant uh, you know, stuff going on uh, in in the house. Uh, I, I do, I do. part of me miss, I, I, I'm a people person. David, an extrovert, I do miss that that personal side. Uh, the article does touch on WeWork. Oh, you got to you got to think that that uh, some of those co-working places are uh, who were already suffering uh, quite hard. How how WeWork actually still exists? Who knows? But we will see. I, I think the death of anything is clearly a a headline that is there to grab a bit more attention uh, than it otherwise, probably just raising some interesting questions about the future of places like WeWork. And also, uh, I did re- I also saw another interesting thing, which was about the, um, while social distancing in an office isn't necessarily uh, the hardest thing, it's in and out of the lifts. It's almost, it's one person per lift. Uh 
that's uh, that's the thing. We actually spoke about it in another. What I hope, I mean, I would love to see clearly that the office, we, we still have a thriving city. I think there's great cafes. I think seeing De Grave Street shut it up with no one is really... He's really disappointing as a Melbourneian to to who really loves that sort of vibe walking through there. I, I think what I'm hoping I see that we see the death of is this concept of peak hour. You know, it can be more it can be more late starts, early starts, start when you want, work early, work late, pick up some days from home. You know, I think it'll thin out, but but certainly hopefully doesn't see it go. Uh, well, it's good news for suburban cafes is hopefully the demand for the, the morning coffee gets pushed out in the suburbs and not concentrated in the city, but could completely change the, the streetscape of the city if, if that demand changes. Look, and, and, and people's flexibility, you know, hopefully, and families um, and businesses that had never considered um, being able to let their staff work remotely have had to now and, and have seen that hopefully the world largely... Hasn't ended. Anyway, we will see. I'm sure it'll be... Go. That's what I absolutely do miss. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I do miss some of the accounting events. I do do miss the... Like, especially for Treasures listeners, like everyone and everyone listening, and like we're genuinely grateful that you spend time with us. We like seeing you. We like it when you come up to us because you know us and we don't know you that well. And it's it's great to get to meet people. I mean, I, I really do miss that. And I think, for, especially for me as a small firm, it is that is a great a great part of it. The, the socialising stuff. I do find events really work for me. Being quite social, I find after a day of spending a lot of time with clients on the phone and on Zoom and on Skype and that kind of stuff, to then want to jump on another Skype call to chat to industry people. I find that that's sort of not the best way only because it's not different, whereas going to an event clearly is uh, is different. Anyway, we will see. I'm sure uh, I'm sure the office and the working environment will change uh, going forward. Last, a bit of worst on ground for me, chartered accountants. Look, I mean, I, you and David, we, we need to be careful with professional bodies now. Uh, but, but look, Michael Croker, who's the, the tax leader for Australia, has written an article running your accounting practice in tough times. This is part two uh, of a two-part answer. Look, I I, I get it, you know, I, I, but for me, this is, you're talking to qualified accountants who have run businesses for years and years and years. It's coming from an organisation that historically has had difficulty connecting with its small practices uh, and people in practice. It actually doesn't know how many of us members in practice there are. Uh, this to me just seemed like a lot of, it, it was a, it, it looked to me, and again, I don't know, uh, like a bit of a content writing written bit. Some of the paragraphs looked very just lifted from year 12, year 11, perhaps even year 10, type textbooks. One of the points is to check your firm's eligibility for government support. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the institute thinks accountants have been doing for the last two months, except for getting across all of these. Um renegotiating your office rent. Like it just just it just struck me as just trying to get something out, look like we're helping, 
What was what was my favorite? My favorite was budgeting. Recast current year budget and establish a range of inflow slash outflow scenarios for use in preparing next year's like it did I reckon I read that in my year 10 business management course. Like it is just but the paragraph on tax alone, like we are tax accountants in practice, and he and he's trying to tell us how to run tax. I mean, I just out of touch for me. I think um the funny thing about it, it's actually promoting the business continuity playbook, which is actually pretty good and actually has good tips in there. But this article alone, you know, some of this stuff's a bit too late. Like it's already the horse has bolted on some of these issues, which is an example of just how uncertain the current environment is. Um, the other one that I, that stood out for me was, and you can sort of hear in the background, everybody, my little girl has just come home from crash. The um, that there's like a really long list on on looking at your staff, which actually it's not bad. But the article just goes on and on and on. And really, like, the playbook's good. Just promote that. The playbook's got leadership stuff in it. It's got checklists. Anyway. Uh, it, uh, they were a, bit, a little bit too little too late and a, a very, very simple for mind. But anyway, listeners, let us know what you think. Uh, sorry, let us know, preferably through calling, text message. <laughs> yeah, re- engage us. We're not that bad. Uh, yeah. Engage with the conversation. Nine times out of ten, if you don't like something you talk to us, we'll either explain it to you or we'll take your point and it'll change the way we think. We're, we're open to that. Um, preferably try to keep threats out of it. We don't threaten, so it would be nice to not get that back. Absolutely. Apart from that, uh, look, I think I think the 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 market's turning, David. A little bit aside from that uh, that issue, I kind of feel like I feel like we're we're getting we've we've bettered down the stimulus now. We know the ATO is going to give us some extensions on lodgements. I feel like the feel like there's the golf's back in Victoria. I feel like there's a little bit of a spring back in the step of the accounting industry after two of the uh, two of the most crazy hard months we've ever seen oh, so hopefully well, people are feeling a little bit of that as well i'm going to share i'm going to share some insight that i have and i'm not i asked for permission to do this the i was going to go on the bgl reg tech tour this year mc again like last year and obviously that's not happening and it's put me in my mind i i had a meeting today with a team at bgl about what they're doing for reg tech they are they are there's nothing i've never seen anything like this it's going ahead. I can't give the date. It's going to be obviously very different. It's going to be very, very exciting to see how that event plays out. It could be the first big return event. There you go. There you go. Could be. Oh, well. Watch this it's, space, everyone. It's it'll exciting. be interesting to see what comes back uh, and what form will be interesting. Have a great week, everyone. Reach out. As always, if you've got any content, uh, feel free to let us know. Otherwise, have an awesome week. an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners. So you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas. Get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at PaulMeissner underscore or on LinkedIn, PaulMeissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the trenches.